What's up? This is the next, another episode of the Colsec Talk Podcast with Elijah and your boy. Trey, what up? We're going to discuss what happened today and what else, what else has happened in the MMA landscape leading up to 202. Because today's been a very eventful day. <laughs> day. As I was getting ready to show Trey, but we we're going to probably watch that press conference after this. But I already watched it, and I explained to Trey what happened. Um, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's hilarious. But if you're if you're a Connor fanboy, you're probably upset and probably commenting on YouTube about how Connor's gonna take his head off and punch the suits heavy bag around with eyeballs or whatever and all this other nonsense. <laughs> but did you see your boy like how shook he looked <laughs> every time he had every time he said something and Nate had like a better response. This art of war, battle of the minds. It's getting very interesting. It's as if, like... Here's a good one. It's like if... If Ali was going against Shannon Briggs. <laughs> it's like the greatest of all time talker versus, like, the hypedest of all time talker. And you just hear, let's go champ, and I'm the greatest going back and forth. But, um... Yeah, it was interesting. Presser. It was funny. Dana looked like he was sweating bullets the entire time. Um, especially at the end. That was hysterical. That's when you really see who's on whose side. You The the, the company, the head tanchas of the company, and who who's who's their, their fighter versus who's like the people's fighter. And you saw that for real today with uh, Dana telling, Connor, no, no, don't throw those, don't throw those, Connor. And then... Not saying anything as Nate gets up and leaves. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it was hysterical. That was funny to me. But um, on the other side of things, um, I don't know what happened to our other po- our earlier podcast. Uh, SoundCloud, the recorder for SoundCloud is just not working. So we switched, and we're going to recover everything we covered in the other ones, in this one, in the short, condensed version. Um, we will skip the CM Punk thing. Just know I don't hate that guy, and you shouldn't either. I hate the UFC for bringing the guy in and giving up two roster spots to do it. That's what I hate. But all respect to the guy. I hope he wins this fight. I think he people are get, not giving the respect he deserves as a fighter. But I don't hate the guy. Moving on. Uh, we're going to talk about that 201 card again for the third time. And then move on to 202 because that's where everyone's focus is on right now. So 201, you remember that fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very well. Yeah. It was, just, it was very. It was the oh shit moment. Yeah. Um, Woodley knocking out Robbie Lawler. Um, in impressive fashion. Yeah. Well, getting him Robbie to. I'm sorry, I'm so close to the mic. 
while getting Robbie to dip on a uh, takedown feint and then came over top with the right hand. Yeah. Like he had yeah, set up early in, the fight, early in the fight. Yeah. Very, very crisp, like a very crisp version of Hendo. But um, I think Duke had, had knows what he has in, in Woodley, and he's just going to slowly, slowly build a very precise puncher. That's because he's, he's probably yeah. going to take him the Rumble Johnson route, and he knows that he's got just to, he just has to put him in a lane where he's always able to fire and land, much like Rumble's always able to land. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a lot of feints, a lot of feints. A lot of uh, cross-stepping, or slide, I should say, cutting off. People don't really understand what cutting off the ring means, so I say, like, mimicking the movement or uh, paralleling the movement of the opponent so that you cut off the ring without putting yourself in danger. And then you slowly stalk. It's more of a stalking versus a, uh, like a uh, Roman Gun- Gonzalez. No, oh, is it Roman Gonzalez? Chocolito. I think it's Gonzalez, yeah. Why am I questioning that? Anyway. It's a very Andre Ward-esque, Chocolito-esque, um, Lomachenko-esque, cutting off the ring kind of uh, movement. But um, you know about that. You like Andre Ward and everybody. So yeah. um, I see that. Do you see that going that way? If, if you see like Woodley building on his skill set already, because you're not teaching that. He's about to get his black belt, like he said, in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Well, he's on the path, too. I don't know if he is going to get it or not. But um, he's on the path that he's going to have this black belt by the end of the year. And then... Um, He's got. He's an all-American D1 wrestler. So I mean, there's not much you're gonna teach him wrestling-wise. Yeah. And the dude's just a work. His work ethic, like to get to that point as an athlete, people think that's just genetic. He was just born that way. I'm like, nah. He had to work to get to that point. With how how fast he is and how balanced he is, because the dude is really balanced. And um, yeah. I think Duke realizes that, and I think that striking-wise, it's going to be very interesting to see his growth over time, as long as he stays on the path, like, with Duke. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't waver, like, just just shake off that path, because I think this would happen to Rashad a little bit. Yeah. Like, where he, Rashad used to throw kicks, and that's what the, my main issue with that John Jones fight was. He didn't throw in nearly as many leg kicks as I thought he was going to throw. Because everyone analyzing that fight back in the day, back, when, back in the day, it was, like, five years ago four years ago or something like stupid like that but um back when that fight happened everyone thought and knew what shot kind of needed to do mm-hmm. was to throw that heavy leg kick on the outside much like um Aldo does the guys um even when he from the taller perspective you have still have to chop that leg yeah and everyone thought with him moving with him being such a great kicker, like powerful kicker, not a great kicker, but a powerful kicker, that he would just chop that leg repeatedly because it works. Mm-hmm. It works whenever someone does that against a taller opponent. And you've seen that since K1, K1 days. And I think that's what you're going to probably see a lot of with Woodley. More kicks than... Very, I should just phrase it. Just a, a shorter version of Anthony Rumble Jones. And I think that it's going to show a lot of success. But um, mm-hmm. moving on, Robbie is still a, a great fighter and everything. I think that, like, I think people have a big issue in the community as a whole, casuals and actual like diehard fans that, well, some diehard fans. I don't want to say all, but that when a guy loses, they're quick to just he's oh, he's done, he's nothing, da da da, and they don't account for 
that it should not be that uh, the guy, not account for, but it shouldn't be that that guy's over or anything. It should be a praise of the performance the other guy had. Yeah. Like, that's that's just my opinion on it. Um, I mean, that's why I see things a lot of the time. Like, like when Connor lost, I didn't think Connor sucked at all. He knocked out Aldo in 13 seconds. I mean, no matter how you view how that fight went down versus, like, the, the mental aspect of the game, the mental aspect of the game is the game. It's yeah. still part of fighting. So when he knocked him out, I wasn't like, Connor sucks. Duh, 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 duh. He's, he's, he still sucks. No. It was a celebration of what Connor did and not a defamation of, of Aldo's career, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, um... It's, it's, it's getting weird with that aspect of things, but we'll move on. Um, especially from the welterweight division. That, that, with what, with, with what Dana said, he kind of played himself a little bit after Woodley came out and said, I haven't signed any documents. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might have to cut me if that's the case. Well, it, I'm saying that. They might have to cut him if that's the case. If they're just saying that he's going to have to fight someone, Woodley's like, I haven't signed anything. Mm-hmm. And if GSP and him are talking and in talks themselves... What does that say for the promotion? Mm-hmm. Because who do the, the the casuals don't really want to see Wonder Boy fight because they don't even know who Wonder Boy really is. Yeah. Now the dudes on the inside, like myself, know that he's number one contender. And if we're talking about what the basis of this sport is, and it's still supposed to be supposed to be a separate a separation from the boxing politics kind of side of things, where people can jockey for position and fight who they want to fight, while the one number one contender just sits there and wait. Is he number one? Yeah. But, um, because Rory was number one and he beat Rory. Oh. But, um, from a, from a pure standpoint, yeah, Rory gets, or Rory, Jesus, the Wonder Boy gets the next fight. But, yeah. since I'm not the guy fighting, <laughs> or the champion with the belt, who's lost, who was losing money for the first five years of my career, and now has had, got, who's got the belt, and now can make money, because there's a, because I was, he lost all of his options of making money with the Reebok deal coming into play. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and because the sport is still kind of a boys club. It's like, are you in with the UFC or are you out? Yeah. Are you in or are you out? So it's like, again, I don't know how much money Tyron Woodley was making, but I'm just saying that he's 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 a hustler. That's what he does really well. He's, he's been, he's a grinder. He was on... He's doing movies in India. Doing straight out of Compton here. He's he's really he's on his grind, and he's bringing more eyes from that's from my our our community, the black yeah. community, over to the UFC because we recognize that dude from all this other stuff. Yeah. So he's doing a lot of work, but he doesn't get to pick his. I mean, Connor gets to pick his opponents. <laughs> yeah. He does a lot of promotion work. But because Tyron Woodley's promotional work doesn't say UFC on the banner, it says Universal. When <laughs> yep. it say UFC, this is a bigger company, Universal. <laughs> he doesn't get to um, pick his opponent. That might be a little bit of an issue going on. And you can say that I'm turning this into a black versus white issue, but I'm not. I'm just talking about promotion versus promotion. Yeah. Who, I mean, is the platform versus platform, promotion, promotion. Promotion is promotion. After a certain amount of numbers, promotion is the same. So, whatever. Moving on. Um, 202. I don't know why I skipped me for a second. UFC 202. 202. Jesus Christ. It's that ice cream. Mm-hmm. It's messing with my brain. Um, 
if you saw the press conference today, you either you were laughing like me or upset for some weird reason because I mean you're not on the stage, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're trying to live your life through another guy, which is I I guess it's okay, but whatever. She is making curry and she's sneezing at the storm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a Jamaican mother. At least she thinks she's Jamaican. I'll let her believe that. <laughs> okay. Wow. And you your mouth right there? yeah, just a little bit. Um, but um, yeah. Connor shows up late. Here's the little play-by-play. Connor shows up late, and he starts fielding questions from the media about the, me- the how the media was lying about certain aspects of the fight because they were promoting, pumping the guy up about like the weight and how Connor is not really a 145er. He just he just kills himself to make it, and he plays a real gambling game, which I've addressed before. If you can mm-hmm. make the weight, then you made the weight, then you get the fight. That's how it goes. No matter how good, how many advantages you get after after the weight cut. Versus how how little you get. Anthony Rumble Johnson versus Conor McGregor. It's just, it's a very similar kind of drastic weight cut. Yeah. On on ratio wise, but one guy can make it and then benefited from it. And the other guy couldn't and then moved up and now he's benefiting from moving up. Yeah. So Conor's now in that same kind of boat, that paradox kind of, paradoxical kind of boat where he moved up. We're talking about him moving up and then all this crazy weight and stuff like da, 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 da. He's not fighting a huge, a naturally huge guy. Like Nate has never fought. Huge. He fought at 170 like twice. Yeah. And he's been fighting 155 ever since. And the last fight was, he was still fighting at 145, so he'd keep his weight around the, the weight that he could cut to get to 155. Now Connor is being a natural 155er, not meaning he walks around at 155 pounds. I mean he walks around in the upper 160s, 165, 168. Yeah. And similar with Nate. Nate, but then they said, because Nate can't cut weight in 10 days or yeah. less. Technically less, because you got to get your body moving for moment, metabolism proper and everything before you can cut. And you got to water gain and carb load, then you got to drain yourself. Or you go keto, but you don't have enough time to go ketogenic in 10 days. But anyway, um, he was spelling all those weird nonsense promotional pushes or whatever. And then Connor shows up, starts talking about his belief and all that stuff. I'm using belief carefully there because Nate kind of says something. I don't want to be labeled as a Nate nut hugger or whatever, but whatever. Then Nate comes out and he's like, he's got these pictures of me in his gym behind put, punching me in the face. I'm like, who who does that? And he's cracking on Connor's training camp and again all that stuff. And it's, then Connor shows up or whatever, and then he goes into his old belief spiel, which was hysterical to see because. You see what Nate was talking about and how true, how right he was about what he said, and then people are laughing about what Nate's saying after that and saying that he's lying to himself and stuff still. And then people are like, and then they field him a question, and Connor talks about how he slapped around for eight rounds or eight minutes or whatever, and then he's and everyone's like, but he beat you. <laughs> and then I'm, yeah, it's just it's all funny because you just see Nate says something, then Connor says something to prove that Nate was right <laughs> about what he just said. And yeah, it was it was funny. And then I see, then you see in the in the beginning of the presser and stuff towards the beginning or in the middle, kind of, they're fielding questions still about Connor to Nate and Con- about Connor being late. And Nate's like, it's just rude. And mm-hmm. he's like, whatever. <laughs> and talks about how more fighters should be doing Jimmy Kimmel and stuff like that for fighters' sake and stuff like that. And then they filled a question to Dana about the union. And then 
Dana's sweating bullets about those questions. I can see it. Even if, I don't. I skipped over him because I didn't want to hear what he had to say. But I saw him like just like really, really. You gonna ask me that? Okay, whatever. And you've seen Nate and Anthony Rumble Johnson chopping it up on the on the stage. <laughs> Tashera is like alone on the corner, but <laughs> it was just a funny little thing that was going on because mm-hmm. Connor was late. And yeah, and we've already addressed it. I think I think we addressed it on here about how. Yeah, about like you see who the promotion's really backing mm-hmm. when they start th- started throwing the bottles, and then when Connor had called Nate a uh, a cholo, a crackhead cholo, or crackhead something, called him a crackhead, yeah, or somebody in his crew a crackhead, which I thought was like the lowest form of like insult. I'm like, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> First you called him a cholo gangster from the hood, and then you calling him a crackhead now. I'm like, okay, whatever. But then, yeah, it was, it was odd because, like, people were yelling. He's yelling at them. You'll do nothing. You'll do nothing. And last time you said that. You see all the memes already coming out about that. And then it's like, they're standing at the top pointing at you. you you've got to, you, they've already beat you. He's already beat you. have to poach him now. So it was like, come down here, come down here. And, like, his, like, they're yelling and stuff. And I'm like, why? He just, he's already leaving. Like, you <laughs> Either you follow or you don't. Like he's he's calling me. He's throwing the bottle first. He's calling you out first. He's leaving first. He's doing all this stuff first because. But he, I honestly think that Connor showed up late to like try to get under people's nerves again. And try to gain back control like he's talked about before, but he can't because like Nate's like okay you showed up late, I'm gonna leave early. Like <laughs> he's not like people think they're dumb, but they're the smartest dudes in the game. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, it's funny to watch. It's funny to watch, like, everyone's plans get shattered by what the Diaz brothers will do because they're so, they're so unforgiving and non, they just don't care. Mm-hmm. And you saw it today. But yeah, I, I, I strongly suggest watching that press conference. It's hysterical. You're going to probably, we're probably going to watch it again. Yeah, what time is it? I don't know. You had to work today? Yeah. What time? 10. Yeah. That third shift life? Tom's right now. Seven oh eight. Can we get some mic and eggs? Why do you always want to get mic and eggs? I don't know. I just—it's a weird addiction. It's like an addiction, yeah. Yeah. Which one do you want to hit up? I don't care, honestly. Are you sure? Yeah. So we go to that one. You just say they don't have the right ones. If not, I'll get orange slices. That's my—that was my old crack. Like, gee, I had an issue. But did you really? Oh, before jujitsu and like before kick, what uh-huh. I teach a kickboxing class or a boxing class. Oh, dude, I have a, I have a problem. I I down a whole bag. Huh? Yeah, it'd be an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Was this uh um ripped belly Elijah? What? The senior year of high school Elijah? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That was back then too. Cause I'd eat. I'd not. I wouldn't eat them for lacrosse or yeah. rugby or anything. Or swimming, for that matter. But I would eat them afterwards. If I had a game that day, I'm eating them after. I'd watch. I'd sit down at home. I'd eat a uh, thing of fish. And then I'd watch Space Jam. <laughs> it's like the ritual. Like, and I swear, like every time I didn't watch Space Jam, I wouldn't get a hat trick. Oh. So I, every time I watched Space Jam, I hit a hat trick in the buff. And then, yeah. 
So me and Josh would like sit down, and be like you got a game alone? Yeah, popping in the. I had VHS. That's when Josh tape. stopped playing lacrosse and played was running tracks. Yeah. Cause he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Nothing. You need to be worried about <laughs> popping the VHS." And I was like, "Later." I don't have a VHS space gym anymore. Too. Actually, I think we do. It's we have it, and it's like something's like almost being taped over it, but uh-huh. like it like. It, like there's this wonky part of it, like and then it fades back to Space Jam, and we're like, who, what were they trying to tape over this? Because this is like this is not some, like some like used copy of Space Jam. This is like we bought it new. Yeah. I'm like, who tried to tape over like with this? And why? <laughs> this is Space Jam. Touch Space Jam song. Great movie. Great movie. Still don't like Michael Jordan that much, but great movie. <laughs> I will refuse to wear a pair of Jordans. Okay. Refuse. Yeah. I plan on buying, actually, what I plan on doing, getting some new balances. I have a plan to redo my whole wardrobe. Yeah. To back to a minimalist approach. I'm sick uh-huh. of these, like having a bunch of clothes. I hate that. I want to cut, I want a lot of the same pieces, the different colors. This is what I do. A lot of t-shirts? No, not t-shirts though. Okay. You want what? Polos or shit? No, no, no. Three fourth shirt. Okay. Three fourth on the uh, arm. Yeah. Uh, use a scoop or a V neck, mm-hmm. and um, cut from my body length. I know where to get them. I mean, I worked in corporate retail already. I know where to source them. <laughs> it's yeah. not the issue. It's just knowing what I want to get. And then yeah. car. I will actually want to put, put you onto something. Those cargo sh- pants I have. Yeah. But they don't. F- they're not bunchy at the bottom. Like they like joggers where you can have the pull strings. Like like um. Like uh, BDUs. I don't know if your dad has BD or D. He might, but yeah. Like they've got the draw uh-huh. on the bottom, and those the best thing ever because they don't the bottoms don't get wet. Uh-huh. Like if you you know how you walk in, yeah. you live in Ohio, so it's always raining in Ohio, <laughs> especially in the fall, when right before winter, and after winter, after winter. Then we go through this long period of no rain. Yeah, but when it is raining, it's ter- it's terrible, right? Yeah. And you hate, what do you hate the most? When your pant, the bottom of your pants leg is wet, right? Mm-hmm. That's why joggers are so popular here. And everywhere else it runs. Yeah. Because you, the bottoms, your, your your pants don't get wet. And they're perfect. And you can blossom in your boots. And they're, mm-hmm. per- they're the best. And I love wearing them with, like, with my jean jacket and stuff. And my, like, the, yeah. with a white t-shirt or a v-neck or whatever. Because it looks put together. Like I can walk into, I can walk into Express and not have any issues with corporate. So. I'll put you on to that. I'll send you a link for some. Okay. some. They have them at H&M. They have them at The Gap. They have them everywhere. They're cheaper at H&M, but um, I love them. H&M in a while. My H&M ones are still up in my, in my room. I still wear them. I've had mm-hmm. them for three years. So everyone says H&M has terrible quality from back in the day or whatever. No, they don't. If you take care of them, you're fine. Yeah, I used to go to H&M in high school. I, I went hiking in them once, too, and they're still fine. No, yeah. no issues. I replaced one button. But tell me a pair of pants that don't, doesn't lose a button. I went hiking last year. Hawking pills, good times. Yeah. But um, that, those all those stairs for no reason. <laughs> it, it rained too, so it like slipped. Why'd you go in the rain? I didn't. Too, it was spring break. Oh okay. <laughs> With friends. I was like, dude, you you screwed. Thought I was about to die. And <laughs> you fucked up so hard. <laughs> anyway, I was about to die. But um, yeah, that's the fight. Who wins that fight? Anyone? Well, read my article. I want to put up another one. I, I honestly think Nate wins. Connor has a puncher's chance. Great puncher's chance. And he can outpoint him. He could point fight him, yeah. but he has to survive that. That's yeah. the issue. 
everyone thinks Connor's got a chin because he could take shots from Chad Mendes. Chad Mendes ain't at 155. Chad Mendes really ain't at 145. <laughs> Chad Mendes, when he comes back, might not be a 145 anymore. <laughs> so it's like, okay. And the pros on Diaz side of like different areas of the game versus what the areas and skill level on the game on Connor's side, he gets outclassed in everything. Yeah. From conditioning to kick, well, not kickboxing, kickboxing, but from boxing to conditioning to grappling. That's not even a contest. That's not even, That's really not a contest. But because Diaz has a different style of boxing, where it's like more brawler, ac- uh, accurate brawler kind of scenario, which is like a, it's one of the hardest things to compose because it's too altering. Mm-hmm. It's two dynamics that just don't coincide at all. Where the accurate, accurate guy doesn't want to get hit. But the brawler doesn't care. So the, he doesn't care that he's going to hit, but he's going to be very accurate where he places all these barrages of punches, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where the the boxing gets con- misconstrued because they're like, Connor didn't get hit. I'm like, yeah, he did. He just didn't get hit as much as you think he got hit when he was because he was hitting Nate on the shoulder on the back and then sometimes hitting him in the face and cutting yeah. him. Like, he didn't slap him around like he's saying. He hit him a couple times in the face and he cut him. Yeah. And then every time he throw those huge shots, he would roll. Either Nate would roll with a shoulder, or catch him when, or smother him. And then it, but it looks like because he's moving so fast, it looks like he's hitting him clean, but he's not. Yeah. If you grow, if you watch enough boxing, you can see that hand speed being kind of. It's fast, but it ain't Mayweather fast. He ain't catching him just because he's catching him. Mm-hmm. That's not what's happening. But it's whatever. That's how I see the fight. I'm going to put out another article about the mental warfare side of things like everyone else is probably going to do today. Nate Diaz winning it right now. Oh, he's far ahead. Vastly ahead. Connor was kind of catching up ground because he surprised him at the Conan interview thing with that taping. But mm-hmm. by now it's like, <laughs> he got you throwing cans. <laughs> 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 and then you go on Twitter, uh, all the video going on on Twitter, I don't know if it's actually after the presser or before or whatever. But it's like, I felt, I feared for my life. That's why I did what I did. Yeah, I'm like, you got you throwing cans though, bro? <laughs> That's worse than a dude being to tell you a girl to sit down. Yeah. Have you seen that joke? It was on, um, who was it? D-Ray? Mm-hmm. He was like, at a Shaq's, one of Shaq's comedian baller things during All-Star yeah. Week. And he was like, uh, he got the guy, his girl to stand stand up and then sit down. He's like, guess what? I wonder what else I can make a dude. And everyone fell out laughing. <laughs> That's even worse. He got you. He's such in your head. So in your head, he was throwing water bottles like these at you and missing the stage completely. Like they weren't even hitting the stage really. The ones I saw at least. Yeah. And you get up and start throwing mo- full monster cans in retaliation. Like he got you throwing cans, yo dog. Mm. Like how that's 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 really funny to me. Like it's not like be it's not and it's not like they woke up this sleeping stoic beast like B J Penn did to G S P. It's like Connor's talked all his career. He's been the he's been the loudest and the wrongest, loud and wrongest one, up young. And then mm-hmm. he meets another the real Billy badass of the yard. You're like oh, wait, what you're saying doesn't really hold a lot of water because he's just telling you to go f yourself and you're like. <laughs> And you got all upset. <laughs> he said one thing, and you throwing you throwing cans, yo. <laughs> you I, called him a crackhead. He threw a water bottle. Now you throwing monster cans? <laughs> all right. Let's uh go get these market eggs. Okay, well, that's been the podcast.
hope you enjoyed our talk about uh, clothes that we had on this one. Oh yeah, that's just regular life stuff. Yeah. This has been Cul-de-Sac Talk with Elijah. And Trey. Later. Deuce. Whatever I was said, you have the last word that. Way.